When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. Hey, what's up, Kings fans, and welcome to episode number 18 of the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the unofficial podcast of RinkRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville, and as always, we want to remind you that you can find us on Twitter at RinkRoyalty and also at Royalty underscore pod, and now you can also find us on Facebook at the Hockey Royalty Podcast. So tonight... We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be just us guys. This is gonna be what we're gonna call our loose end show. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of uh, topics going on in the in the land of the King's Kingdom that we have yet to get to discuss. So uh, I say we jump right in with both feet and describe or talk about the big news from the other night, and that was the debut of one Mister Quinton Byfield. So what do you guys think? Let's go around the table. Ryan Sykes, how are you, how are we doing? What do you think, Scott? You're not even gonna properly introduce us first. I screwed that up entirely, guys. I got to tell you, before we get talking about Quentin Byfield, honestly, I was at a local brewery a little bit earlier, so I'm really trying to wing this right now. So, <laughs> Did you have any uh, – what you have there? Uh, well, you know what? They make an apricot wheat mango, and it is delicious. I, I love um, the way that you say apricot. <laughs> <laughs> it's that upstate New York thing. What can I tell yeah. you? <laughs> Uh, yeah. no, uh, back to your original question. Um, first, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, Byfield, though, uh, he was, I think he was everything that you could have asked for without uh, scoring a goal in his debut. Um, he looked comfortable on the ice. He obviously saw time on um, second second line, saw time on the, the power play penalty kill, um, and even committed this first penalty. So it's a, <laughs> a, a proper, banner, indeed, a proper initiation. Uh, the The game result was a little disappointing, but um, it was nice to see the Kings try to get the the puck on Quinton's stick there in the final seconds. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. 
So, Jack Weber, I'm assuming that you watched the game right along with us. What, what was your impressions, my friend? I did, yeah. I was impressed with Byfield. He looked like he belonged. I mean, you know, like Ryan said, you know, a goal would have been nice, but you, you can't always, you know, score four goals in your debut like Austin Matthews. You know, sometimes you, <laughs> sometimes it takes a few games, but I thought he looked really good. He looked like he belonged, um, you know. Uh, what did he play, 18 minutes, I think? Like, uh, he, uh, Let's do you know, it, yeah. Yeah, 17-57. Yeah, McClellan had him out there, you know, late in the game trying to get the tying goal. Uh, I like I like to see him on – he was on the power play, the first power play unit at some point, I believe, too. So uh, I, th- I thought he looked good, um, and I'm uh, excited to see uh, what he can do tonight. Hopefully he can build off that performance. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And Russell Morgan, I know uh, from your tweets that you liked what you saw, so tell us all about it, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely uh, good to see. I'm sure a lot of Kings fans were excited. The hashtag play the kids has been kind of the the main topic throughout the season. So when we finally got a young prospect in the lineup, it was great to see, like Ryan Sykes mentioned, and he did everything you could do without uh, getting his name on the box score. Well, I mean, besides the penalty. But, yeah, 62% uh, or 67% in the faceoff. That's, that was another uh, great thing to see, that he's uh, able to win some faceoffs so being an 18-year-old. So, um yeah i mean very impressive oh absolutely absolutely you know what really impressed me too is the kid this kid's vision on the ice was unbelievable <laughs> yeah i was gonna say is his uh no look backhand pass to trevor moore as he was cutting to the net just he knew where he was going to be and he tried to get him the puck to make a play and uh, it was kind of a minor um play but once uh once uh Kopey and byfield were on the power play together you could see kind of the the chess match of uh of vision you know Kopi trying to hit quentin as he was darting towards the net and then vice versa you know it was just really impressive to kind of see um you know whatever Kopi is 33 i think he is um and then you see his 18 year old <laughs> with the okay. already excellent skills and vision so you we could have a new dad and lad combo now that uh <laughs> Carter and Toffoli. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, you know what's really impressive, too, is that if you look at how, how Quentin started the season in the AHL, he had a rough go at first, first, what was it, 10, 12 games. And then he really turned it around. And now, I mean, I know it's a one-game sample so far for the NHL, but this is, I mean, it's like he has matured years in what would be an abbreviated season. Yeah, it was interesting to see. I mean, once compared. <laughs> When we saw Kupari make his debut, you can kind of notice there was a little bit of, uh, I mean, he wasn't really as confident when he had the puck on a stick. That was just really noticeable. But when Byfield got the puck on a stick, that first play, I think McClellan mentioned it after the game, that as soon as he stepped on the ice, he made a nice little little pass right to Trevor Moore. So he he showed that confidence straight from the get. And like Ryan mentioned, he had that nice little backhand pass. And Jim Fox, I think, mentioned it during the telecast as well, that players are going to have to be ready. He's going to be that type of player to make uh, passes like that. Um, so sticks are going to have to be on the ice and they're going to have to be ready to shoot. Yeah. I was struck by how comfortable I thought Byfield looked out there, you know, for an 18 year old who playing his first NHL game. And like you mentioned, Scott, there was an adjustment period for him uh, at the start of the season in the AHL uh, playing professional hockey, you know, against men for the first time, but obviously he made that adjustment, started playing really well for the rain and looks like he just carried that right over into his Kings debut. Yeah, and obviously he had a couple of turnovers there in the game. I mean, which is going to happen. But I don't know. Did did he, any of you guys get goosebumps when he hopped over the boards and you could hear the cheers from the Kings bench? <laughs> I Absolutely. thought that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, throughout this season, I mean, this is what we've been talking about all season. We've wanted to see these prospects play, and finally, when we get when the Kings finally play one, it's now all of a sudden games are exciting to watch. I mean, playoffs were kind of a little bit of a Maybe, I mean, there was a thought they, they had a chance to make it, but once the last couple of games, it was kind of noticeable that they weren't going to make it. So having these young prospects crack the lineup, and especially Quentin Byfield, you can kind of sense the excitement in the, in the arena and the excitement on Twitter. It was just palpable. So it's exciting to see, and hopefully uh, it'll make for an exciting end of the season. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, at this point – we can really even throw out like just the pretense that there's any shot of even making the playoffs. Like it, it's, it's beyond done now. You know, I think I remember in the last game, I think, you know, uh, Jim and Alex were talking like, well, this might do it for the Kings playoff chance. Like, come on guys. It was over. <laughs> 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 it was already done. 
And so it, it is so it is so nice to have a guy like you know Byfield up here now. I mean, he's like the main reason I'm excited to watch the game tonight. You know, other otherwise it's just kind of you know just trudging on to the end of you know another season where they're not going to the playoffs. But now you're going to get a, a glimpse of the future, and it's 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 exciting to watch. And guys, question for you: I've seen it floating around on Twitter. Do you play him the final nine games? Uh, you know. I, I'm going to chime in on that one. Now you don't because, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you guys, I am not one of those people who, you know, wants to protect first years of entry-level contracts at all costs. It, for me, if a player is ready to play, he's ready to play. But with that said, we're at nine games left, like you said, Ryan. Why burn it now? You know, if they were going to do that, they needed to start bringing some of these kids up halfway through the season. Then it would have been worth burning a first year because at least you're getting NHL experience for him, right? But now, no way. And, and you're right. The playoffs are a pipe dream now that the St. Louis Blues finally remembered that they want that spot. So, Yeah, play, playing him an additional four games in a lost season would be just an ultimately bad management decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a comparable here. Anze Kopitar, after his entry-level deal, his first contract was $6.8 million. If you can get Quentin Byfield at another year with his entry-level contract at the price he's being paid, that saves you probably more than that. So uh, just playing him for four games, I mean, it, yeah, he'll probably be sent back down to the rain, so he won't be getting that NHL experience. But, yeah, it's just you you got to keep that extra money saved for that year. Yeah, I think this is going to be uh, an introduction to the uh, the business of the NHL for Byfield when they tell him, Hey, you're not playing these these next few games, so and you know I don't know if they're going to be frank with him and tell him why they're because you know I, I would be surprised too if, if they let him play you know these final games and burnt that year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of uh, stagger it so he can finish out the the nine games, but just not play in all of them. You know, rather than going down to well, we'll get into this later, but. Um, the Kings only have one call up left, so you're not going to send him back down unless he's planning to stay there for, um, you know, the AHL playoffs, which we'll also dive into. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you, you play him a, a couple of games, you maybe sit him to uh, reset, even if he doesn't need it or whatever, and then kind of go that route until you get to the end of the season. So he's up with the team. I think I think tonight's game will be telling because we're recording this on Friday before the game tonight. Um, but tomorrow there's a there's another game tomorrow, so we'll see how the Kings want to play it going back to back. Whether they want to insert Jared Anderson Dolan back into the lineup, or who knows, maybe he's in the lineup tonight. Um, but tonight I think will be really telling. And I think Ryan, like you mentioned, I think they'll kind of stagger his his games going forward. I don't think they're going to just going to play him six games in a row and then send him back down. Um, I think it'll be more of a staggered situation. You know, here's a, and you guys are probably sick of hearing me say this, but next season could be very interesting in the regard that the Kings could very well end up with a lot of rookies in the lineup. If you think about this for a second, right? You're not sending Byfield back to the OHL. Forget it. He's playing in the NHL next year. Turcotte should be on the Kings roster at some point next year. I don't think he can keep in the AHL two years in a row. You've got Kaliev, you've got Kupari. If Madden makes an impression, maybe he can get back up by the by say halfway through the year. So now all of a sudden you are looking at having to burn first years of all those contracts, right? So if those players pan out, well, you're gonna have an interesting situation in about three seasons because now all those deals expire at the same time. So they had better have a ton of cap space within about three years, which is why it might have been it might have behooved them. To start staggering that out a little bit, a little bit too late now, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, and I agree with you, Scott. There, I mean, obviously, it'll be big for um, Turcotte's health. It'd be telling if he's up next year or not. You know, he's obviously limited a little bit this year and kind of charging towards the end here of Ontario's season. So, uh, um, I would imagine that he would spend the rest of the year there, but you know, I. I've seen crazier things happen. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I thought that they'd be getting more uh, rookies into the lineup this year. Because, like Scott mentioned, this this roster next year most likely going to be filled with rookies, unless there's some big trade made in the off season where some pieces are moved out for 
more prominent NHL players. This this is going to be a very young roster, probably even younger than it is now, which is interesting. But um, that's why I, I, I've always wanted kind of more to see more young prospects crack the lineup this year. Um, unfortunately, there's only going to be one more. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later in terms of who we want to see. But uh, it's something... It's nice to see some Quentin Byfield crack the lineup. I think we kind of all expected it, but um, I thought I thought they kind of missed an opportunity to get some of the young prospects some more NHL games this season. All right, so not only with prospects coming up, but we've also got some restricted free agents that are coming up this season that need to be resigned. So with that said, you're going to have uh, Andreas Athanasiu, you got Blake Lazat, you got Trevor Moore, uh, Cal Clegg, Leish Anderson. So I'm going to go around the table here, and I want to get your guys' opinion on who the Kings should keep and maybe who they should let go. And I'm going to start with you, Russell. Who do you think? Ooh, I mean, that's a big decision. I mean, with the expansion draft coming up, we'll see how the Kings lean towards that. But I've always thought that they should always go the uh, seven, uh, seven and one, one, as opposed to the eight forwards and or however it goes. I can't. I don't have it off the top of my head. But um, yeah, if, yeah, if seven, they do protect seven Hale, forwards, three. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, seven and three, and then one. Yeah, you're right. And then as opposed to eight, but um, I, I've always been a prominent uh, proponent of, of protecting Kale Clegg and leaving the players like Athanasiu, Lazat, and potentially Brown exposed. But if they were to bring bring him back, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they they should bring back Blake Lazat. I think he's bring he's brought a little bit these last couple games. I, I know I know there's a lot of Kings fans that are probably gonna be against that decision, but I think. That's a player. He's still young. He can still grow into his game a little bit. Happen to see you. I, I, I haven't seen enough. I just don't think. I, I don't know. And that's that's that may just me, but I haven't seen enough for him to stay on the team. And I, he could be a good third line uh, wing on a good team, but I, I just haven't seen enough to see what he can bring to bring him back. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing is about Russell, just with Lazard, I mean, you know, as as Scott mentioned, you know, next year you're Probably going to have Byfield on the team, Turcott, Kupari. So, I mean, where's the room for Blake Lazada on next year's team if you're bringing all these guys up? You know, there's he's a center. You know, I don't see him playing over any of those guys. Um, and, you know, Athanasio, I think because he's a winger, I think there, I could see a spot for him on next year's team. I, I, I don't see how, how Blake Lazada fits into next year's team, though. Yeah, I would agree with that. I see Athanasio <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I see Athanasio uh, coming back next year. I don't see Blake Lazat um, coming back next year. Um, I like Leah Sanderson coming back. Trevor Morris coming back, restricted free agent. Um, unfortunately, I think this is the end of the road for Matt Luff in L.A. That's right. Um, and then just something I read on um, ProHockeyRumors.com, uh, Christian Willanen would have had to play in the final 10 games or whatever and because he didn't play uh, what they say. He didn't play on Wednesday. Um, he'll right. be a group six UFA at the end of the season. So he'll be exposed to the market. Um, obviously, the Kings only gave up Michael Amadio to, to get him. And I say that respectfully, of course. Um, but you'd like to maybe perhaps have a chance at at keeping some uh, depth on the blue line. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I say Blake was, I, I just, I don't know. I, I know he, he won't cost that much as opposed, I, I know Athens is probably not even going to cost that much either, but I mean, we're still talking 2.5 mil as opposed to Blake Lazar is probably going to cost maybe one, 1.2. Um, Blake Lazar can still bring some value. I, his, his analytical numbers actually aren't that bad, surprisingly. I, I mean, I've always been kind of hard on it. I was kind of hard on his play at the beginning of the year, but I mean, I think he's trying to turn it on uh, last couple of weeks. So he's shown a lot of grit. The coaching staff loves him. I mean, Tom McClellan praises his game and his work ethic all the time. So I think that's a player that can come up. And uh, Jack, you mentioned Rasmus Kapari. I I just don't see Rasmus Kapari being a center on this team in the future. I, his, his, I mean, we see it. We're probably going to see it tonight. I mean, the four centermen tonight are probably going to be Andre Kopitar, Quentin Byfield, Gabe Velarde, and Jared Anderson Dolan. That could quite possibly be the four centers that the Kings go into next season. So where's Rasmus Kapari going to fit? I mean, you, I don't know if he's going to replace Jared Anderson Dolan. I know Jad has kind of been pretty versatile in playing the wing sometimes, but I would like to see Kapari play the wing. He's got some speed, and I think he can use it on the outside. So, yeah, you know what? Honestly, 
to Ryan's point about Christian Willannon, I don't have them, a problem with them letting him walk. They need contract spots if they're going to be able to sign other players. So that's fine. You know, whatever. Um, I personally think that they're going to absolutely, absolutely sign Leah Anderson and Trevor Moore. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, Andreas Athanasiu, they did not trade him at the trade deadline. So that almost says, that says to me that it's almost a guarantee that he's coming back. The one player that I am concerned about is Cal Clegg. Cal Clegg is an RFA. Uh, it's going to be interesting what happens with him with the expansion draft, of course. And I don't really know what's going on here because even with this recent, you know, they're, they're dressing seven defensemen, he's not getting any playing time. So I don't know if it's either he's nursing an injury and we just don't know about it or has Kings management just given up on Cal Clegg? Yeah, Cal Clegg being sat for Curtis McDermott just – I have I have no clue what's what's going on there. It just doesn't make sense. It, just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you, I, I've heard arguments that Chris McDermott brings a lot of leadership, and when he's on the ice, that players don't make runs and all that good stuff. But this is the NHL is kind of getting away from kind of having their enforcer, each team having an enforcer on the lineup, and it, there there has to come a point where the Kings have to start seeing what they have in these young players. And when Kale Clegg has gotten high ice time, he's he's looked pretty good. So when you have an expansion draft. A big, a big decision coming up in the expansion draft where you're going to lose possibly a Kale Clegg. I mean, that's he needs to see some playing time so you can kind of help make that decision. So you can have some evidence behind that. I mean, I've like a lot of the mock expansions that I've seen. If the Kings leave him unprotected, the Seattle Kraken are taking him. I mean, that's that's what I've seen everywhere I've, I've seen the mocks. So that he needs to be getting some playing time so the Kings can make that decision a little bit easier. Yeah, I'm with you, Russell. I don't know about you guys, but watching them continue to play 11 forwards and seven defensemen recently and, you know, just like seeming that they need to find any way to keep Curtis McDermott in the lineup, like <laughs> it, it's been a little frustrating. I, I don't understand. I mean, I don't want to keep, you know, ragging on the guy, but I just, I don't understand, you know, what the Kings see in him and why they think he needs to be in the lineup every day. But yeah, the fact that he continues to play over Clegg, I mean, again, you play the kids at this point. You know what you have in McDermott. He's been up and down the last few years. You know, there really hasn't been any development to his game. He is what he is. He's big. He's physical. You know, he'll hit. He'll fight. And that's, you know, pretty much the extent of his skill set. And, you know, why they don't want to, you know, see more of what Kale Clay can do in, at the NHL level. I just don't understand it. It doesn't seem to make sense at this juncture where the Kings are at this season. The playoffs are clearly out of reach. Why don't you see, you know, more of what a guy like Clay can do? Yeah, and just to kind of uh... – encompass what you guys said I, I do think he should be getting time over curtis mcdermott but he's also not being sent back down because the kings have just one call up left so if you send him down there he's down there in ontario for the rest of the season so right. he's kind of just along for the ride right now but yeah i agree 11 forward seven defensemen i mean look at the record when mcdermott is in the lineup yeah oh absolutely absolutely there's no doubt about it and it's befuddling what's what's going on with them. I just, I don't understand at all. Um, so, you know, Brian, we're going to watch script a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to mention this when we were talking about Byfield. I just didn't get a chance to get in. Hold on, hold on. For some reason, whenever you start, it's, it's like it cuts it out and then it speeds up really quick. But it's just whenever you start and then really? when we get you going, yeah, it's it's strange. I don't know. Huh. Okay. So am I good now? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. You're good. All right. So listen. Okay. All right, guys. So uh I just want to go off topic a little bit here because I didn't get to finish my thought when uh <laughs> when we were talking about Quentin Byfield. And actually it's actually more to do with the game the other night is the look on Gabe Velarde's face when he scored that goal. Now, we had a little discussion about it during our, uh, our group chats <laughs> here. Um, you know, some people think it was a look of relief. I I don't know. I, that, the kid just looks like he's, he's, he's beyond lost his confidence to me. What do you guys think? Yeah, it was, I think what was really – sorry, Ryan. I think what was really telling is when I was listening in on the media availability today, it's, he sounded – pretty defeated it was really strange and it, he he was really he was really open he opened up quite a bit in terms of how how stressful this season has been on him and how mental mentally taxing it's been 
Um, I mean, these players, you got to think, the, I mean, these players are humans. I mean, it, they haven't really been able to have experience really an outside life during this whole season. They've All they've been thinking about is hockey. They go home, quarantine, go to the rink, go home, quarantine, go to the rink. That's that's their life right now for the last couple months. So you got to kind of have that in the back of your mind. But yeah, like, like you mentioned, Scott, after he scored that goal the other day or on Wednesday, it was just... Like you, you almost thought it was him getting the monkey off his back, but I think there's a little bit more behind that. And, and I also believe this could be the first kind of season he's really had where he's really experienced losing. I know the last couple of years he's been through ups and downs, back injuries, and now he's going through a, in the middle of a rebuild. So it, I think when we get to a, maybe next season where fans are back in the building, there's a little bit more happiness going around. I think, we'll see a happier Gabe Velarde and I think we'll see a more skilled Gabe Velarde. Yeah. And just, <clears throat> that's what I was going to say too, Russell, um, just from the media availability today, he just sounded deflated. Um, and just earlier, he, earlier in a, a media availability call, he, his body language just looked significantly different than it did at the start of the season. Um, obviously he's kind of been in McClellan's doghouse um, down to the fourth line and playing on the wing recently, which he may end up going there anyway with all the centermen that we have. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's just – it's been – he is healthy for the first time in a while, but it's been um, a tough a tough stretch for uh, Velarde. Um, you know, his goal on Wednesday ended uh, a 23-game goalless streak. So – Tells you all, all you need to know. Yeah, Russell, I think you, you made an interesting point there about, you know, this season where, you know, if you're struggling and going through a tough time like Gabe Velarde was and, and has been for so long, you know, it's it's so much harder to go, you know, find a distraction away from the rink because you're not really supposed to do anything away from the rink, right? You're just kind of sitting at home and thinking about, you know, how poorly things are going for you. So I'm sure this this season has been an enormous challenge for a lot of guys and, you know, for Gabe, certainly. I mean, yeah, going, you know, he started the year pretty well and then just fell into a, a huge slump, you know, 23 games out of goal. And yeah, that that look on his face, I don't know what it was. He looked like almost like he was annoyed to score that goal. Like, you know, <laughs> where, where's this been the last two months? Oh, <laughs> uh, and Adrian Kempe kind of followed it too, but I guess that's <clears throat> it's more normal from him to have that kind of uh, nonchalant reaction to it. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. It's like, do the Kings like scoring goals? It's like, it's, they have this look on their face, like, yeah, oh, whatever. I guess I just scored. Back to the I don't want to hear that horn again. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and there's one, just one last follow up to all that. I mean, from the media availability, he, when uh, I think it was Lisa Dillman from the Athletic Ask Gabe. Said, you know, are you staying in Southern California to train in the offseason? Are you going home? And he told her, he flat out, he goes, I don't know yet. And, you know, maybe that, that might be best for him. Maybe just go home for the offseason and kind of, you know, forget about this season and move on to the next. Or, or I mean, there's, there's a, that's a double side, you know, coin, obviously. You know, maybe he should be in, you know, back here in LA or back in LA. I shouldn't say here. Hell, I'm 2,500 miles away, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in LA, working with the coaches in the off season and all that, but that's going to be up to them. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, Scott. I can see both sides of it. Just maybe uh, give him some time to to step away for a bit. But yeah, he should definitely not be sulking alone, um, right? Drinking a bottle in the corner of the room. Um, but yeah, he should be in LA working with the coaches, getting better, figuring out how to improve his game. You know, I think that's the best move for him during the off season. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so guys, I uh, you had mentioned earlier, Ryan, that we have one more AHL call up to go. So, in your opinion, who should be the one that draws the magic lottery ticket? Are you asking me first? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Arthur Arthur Kaliev. Good choice. So he's got he's got uh, he's got five games left without burning the first year of his ELC. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with some of the wingers um, this offseason, like a Carl Grundstrom or uh, an Austin Wagner. You know, 
<clears throat> I think uh, Trevor Moore has been maybe my most surprising player this year. <laughs> His confidence just grows every game that I watch him. And, you know, on, on Wednesday when I was watching him, I was like, holy crap, he just keeps taking another step forward, another step forward. He keeps getting better and better. Um, from when he first arrived, I was like, yeah, okay, maybe a fourth liner that just kind of hangs around. Um, but kind of a, a roundabout way here. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Arthur Kaliev so they can get a, another look at an, another winger that can potentially crack the opening night roster next year. Yeah, I think Kaliev's a, a good pick. <clears throat> I'd like to see him up uh, as well. I think someone else I, I wouldn't mind seeing too, though, is uh, Akil Thomas. I think, uh, you know, he's someone who can come up and, you know, play, you know, maybe a, a third, fourth line role for, and get a look at him over uh, the last few games. That's someone else I'd like to see. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, the player I'd like to see the most is probably a Sammy Fagamo, but with the amount of games that are left, I think you can probably kind of sneak in um, some looks at Alex Turcott. I think he's put in the work down in Ontario, and he's looked pretty good. I know he's had the bumps and bruises, and he's kind of gone – He's, he's kind of getting this tag of having an injury history, which is kind of kind of weird to hear. I, I, don't, I don't really want to put that on a, a kid who hasn't even made the NHL lineup yet. And, but um, ever since he's transitioned over to the wing, he had that little stint over there on the left wing down in Ontario. That, he played really well, and she's showing a lot of confidence. He's in on the fourth check pretty quickly, and, and now the last couple of games he's moved back to the center position. So I think he'd be able to um, make an impact on an NHL roster on the wing. And that's I, I was actually kind of surprised when they brought up Byfield, they didn't bring up another another player to go with him. I know they brought up Leah Sanderson, but yeah, he's been up and down in the lineup throughout the year. But like they did with uh, Gabe Velarde last year with Martin Burke, I thought they'd kind of do something similar, kind of bring that chemistry from Ontario up into the Kings roster and see what happens. And Byfield and Turcotte play a little bit together uh, down in Ontario. So, hey, why bring them up together and put them on the same line? See, We'll, we'll see what they can do. It was really interesting, too, in that first period on Wednesday. You know, Leah Sanderson had those two point-blank chances, and one was right at the end of the first period. And, you know, uh, the broadcast team of Jim Fox and Alex Faust are, were supposed to interview him during the first intermission. And <laughs> they were they were like, uh, he seems a little bit too uh, angry. I'm not sure if he's going to come back out for this. Of course he did. You know, he's a professional, and he was, um, answered the questions very well and, but it was just kind of uh, it was interesting because he had two uh, great scoring opportunities that obviously would have changed the, the the course of that game. But you know, yeah, I really like I really like having Jared Stahl on the telecast because he's around the players like probably all it seems like a lot. So he knows these players more than probably most announcers would that cover the team. So when you heard uh, Jared Stahl kind of mention to Patrick O'Neill, he's like, oh, I don't know if he'll probably come back on the ice. He's probably still pissed. And it's like that's kind of an, almost a look at the player that Leah Sanderson is. He's almost got that tenacity and that kind of competitiveness toward him where he's, he's always had that drive to be better and try to make an impact. And um, that's something I didn't notice when he came over from New York. Yeah, and sorry, you corrected me on that. That was Stoli who said that um... – <clears throat> but yeah, I love Leas's competitive competitiveness. He's only 22. Um, he could end up being a bottom six forward um, in the future on this team, you know, after being the seventh overall pick in 2017. But this tells you how deep the Kings are. You know, I think that's a good problem to have. So if you ask me, I think Kaliev should be the one that gets the call up. So we've almost got a complete uh, unanimous decision here for uh, for Kaliev. But uh, I would just love to see what Kaliev can do at the NHL level with a byfield or with Velarde even. I mean, you know, let's face it, Gabe's game is passing. That's what he does. And I think if Velarde actually had a finisher on his line, it would do a world of good for him, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, granted, you know, with only nine games left, I mean, what more are we going to, you know, see or prove, but I think to get that little taste would be, would do wonders for his confidence. Yeah. As, as cool it was to see uh, Byfield and Kopitar on the first power play unit, I, I was almost thinking in my head, like, okay, well, who's the finisher on this unit? Like, I mean, Kempe, I guess is a, he's a pretty decent shot, but you have all your best shooters down in Ontario. You have uh, Arthur Kaliev, like you guys mentioned. I mean, Martin Burke, we don't know how long he's going to be on for the Kings future, but he's got probably the best shot on the, the whole friend and the whole team right now. So, 
who's who's the finisher on the power play unit? So bringing an Arthur Kaliev up to be on that power play unit to play with either Velarde, who's been known to be a passer, who's Kopitar, who's always been known to be a passer, and Byfields, who's the ultimate setup man, to play with all those players, like have those have those finishers that those kind of centermen can look toward to play, like put the stick on their puck, give them those nice one time positions, and see what can happen. Yeah, there there's. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that the guys like that need finishers. They, they really do. So uh, so speaking of the AHL, uh, it appears that they have come up with a playoff plan for the AHL, and it's only going to be the Pacific Division that's playing the, the playoffs. Uh, the other teams will not be having any kind of a playoff tournament, but it seems there's a little turmoil involved in this decision. Um, I, I'm not sure I really follow completely what the problem is, but uh, I'm going to throw it around the table to you guys. Apparently, they're upset that they're going to be playing more games and the other teams in the division are not. What do you guys think? I'm going to start off with you, Jack. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. I mean, the AHL has been so strange this year with everything that's gone now, and now it's like, oh, yeah, one division can, can play playoffs. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, if I were – honestly, if I were playing in the AHL, it, it's like – do you even like want to like do this? Do you kind of just want this weird mutant season to just be over with? Like, so I don't know. It's uh, it's it's all very strange. I'm not sure how guys are feeling about it, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I, I came across it uh, the other day. It was Larry Landon that put out a tweet from um, the PHPA, who's the represents the players for the AHL and the ECHL, um, pretty much saying that they're disappointed that the AHL went ahead and scheduled the additional games. Um, without the the majority of the players' approval, was uh, the AHL hasn't responded to that yet. Um, so we'll see what happens. It is kind of interesting from a, I mean, from a player's perspective, if the AHL just go ahead, which went ahead and scheduled additional games without their approval, that's that's kind of interesting to hear. So uh, there's been no response from the AHL. I don't I don't know what more will come of this. And the Pacific Division is the only division that's getting the additional games. Um, no other division doing that. So. We'll see what happens um, going forward and see how the AHL responds. But uh, I don't know. We'll, it's just interesting. It's, it's it's a very interesting dynamic, especially in this unique year. Yeah, and I don't know if and I don't know if the AHL works like uh, the NHL does, where the players don't get play or paid into the playoffs. So I mean, maybe there's something to do with that. I like I said, I really don't know exactly the full scope of it, but uh, we're we're gonna end up seeing what happens. So Russell, um, sorry, I admittedly, I haven't had a full chance to, to read up on it other, other than the announcement that you shared with me. Um, do you happen to know the playoff format or anything like that, or the rosters or anything like that? They haven't announced anything more than that. And I think the schedule is even still up in flux. Um, but I, I believe that the first, the, it's interesting. Uh, the first, uh, the top three seeds, I believe, in the division are going to get a buy. So I think the bottom few teams are going to be playing against each other to see who gets the fourth seed. I think they're going to play like a little mini tournament. So um, as far as scheduling goes, that's still up in the air. Um, but yeah, to go to kind of go back on that, I know Alan Walsh, who's a pretty prominent uh, sports agent for uh, NHL. He he mentioned how the AHL players' salaries have uh, their salaries cut by fifty two percent. And um, they assume most of the risk of vastly reduced workers' comp protections in case of injury. So there's still a little, uh, I guess, agreement that or negotiation that needs to be made um, before that can go forward. And it will be interesting to see how the rain fare in their playoff games because they're not the same team that they were at the start of the season, the, the same team that won one of their first 13 contests. <laughs> right. So, I mean, they're still giving up. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but still uh, giving up way too many goals. But they're definitely much improved. Yeah, I mean, they're playing right now as we're, we're recording this in Colorado in their second game of a three-game set, I believe, that's going on over there. But, um, yeah, the last uh, on Wednesday they had a 2-0 shutout. So they had some pretty good goaltending, which was pretty uh, unique to see for the year so far this year. But, um, yeah, if, if they're able to make playoffs, I mean, that's like you mentioned, it's a completely different team from when they first started. Now the, the younger players that haven't had any professional experience are now going to all of a sudden get some playoff experience in the AHL if it does continue. So that would be, I'm sure, from a Kings management standpoint, you have to be very happy about that. You know, I just got thinking about something. If uh, whoever wins this uh, this sort of playoff 
<laughs> How do you put that on your banner? <laughs> we won the AHL sort of off round for 2021. champions. Yeah, it's like those. It's like those MLB teams that have a uh, you know a wild card participant. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, or who was it? Was it Nashville? I think that has the attendance banner. And the uh, um, West Division or the Western Conference champions. They, yeah. had, they had that banner. Hey, the Kings <laughs> have the best banner of all time the Taylor Swift banner. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm a totally touchy kidding. subject, Russell. Let's not get into that. Yeah, right. I was going to say, we well, don't need to get rich. Come on. Here. The old uh, LA Kings insiders to get his take on that. <laughs> hey guys, something I am curious about though, and it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out of when the the timing of these playoffs line up with the NHL schedule. But would Quentin Byfield be allowed to participate in those playoffs? I believe he will. I believe he will because I think he was on the AHL roster. I mean, well, he he was on the AHL roster at the time of the deadline, and I believe team the players had to be on that roster in order to participate when there was a playoff in any regular year. So. Since he was on the age, the rain roster after the deadline, I believe he should be able to participate in any postseason. Yeah, that'll be really interesting to, to monitor because he could end up getting a few extra games to play in. Well, yeah, and even you have Martin Kromiak now on the roster as well, so we'll see if maybe he even makes an impact oh, on that right. postseason. Yeah, you'd certainly hope Byfield would be able to play. It wouldn't make a lot of sense. I mean, he's been there the whole season. You know, he comes up for a couple games and, you know, Towards the end, he wouldn't be eligible. Um, you know, that'd be good for him, I think. You know, we know now there's not going to be an OHL season. He's not going back to Sudbury. Obviously, the Kings aren't going to the playoffs. So, uh, if he gets, in, you know, an opportunity to, to play in some playoff games with, with the rain, uh, I certainly hope he he's eligible to participate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it'd be good for not just Byfield, but all the young kids to be able to, to get some kind of playoff experience. So, shifting gears, uh, like we've mentioned, our, our Kings are pretty much not going to the playoffs. I don't know why that keeps doing that, Scott. Oh, shifting gears. Yeah, I You no were idea. good for a little Sorry. while, and then all of a sudden I went back to it. But, yeah, hold on. We'll all right, it Scott, it's going to be fucking so, annoying for the rest of the show, but maybe when you're on mute, if you yeah. could unplug your mic and plug it back in. I think we're almost pretty much right. done, right? What else do we have? Yeah, what's, yeah we're, what's we're on the last on the... topic. Right. Yeah, just uh, who we want in the NHL. So, so guys, shifting gears, uh, we know our Kings aren't going to be going to the playoffs, but there is still going to, of course, be an NHL playoffs. So with that said, we're going to have to watch somebody during the playoffs, and we're going to have to root for somebody. So I want to know, who are you guys going to be rooting for? Start off with you, Russ. Ooh, oh, man. I, mean, I, I was thinking about this. I know we kind of had this plan, but I don't know. I, I, I've always kind of had a soft spot for the Panthers. I know, I know our producer Manny will have a, a little giddy who feel happy about that. But, yeah, they, they have a good team. And I've always been a big Sasha Barkov fan. He's probably the most underrated player in the NHL. That guy can – he can control a game just by – I don't know, just by having the puck on a stick. So, he and Jonathan Huberto have looked really well. And now they have Spencer Knight, the up-and-coming uh, young goaltender in net, who's looked pretty good too. Um, that's, a, that's a fun team to watch. And – you don't really hear a lot of big hockey, and I've always been a proponent of trying to grow the game. So to have a have a nice little playoff in the state of Florida, I know Tampa Bay obviously won last year, but um, in Sunrise, it'd be, be cool to have the Cats uh, up there uh, making an impact. And how about the impact that Sam Bennett has had on that team since being acquired? Right, you know, yeah. just, to, just to piggyback off you, Russ, you know, the, the Panthers were my pick too. They're, they're a fun team. Um, as you noted, our producer Manny um, is affiliated with them. This is their, their radio stuff. Um, but just watching them, I was watching their game last night against the Blackhawks, and Blackhawks scored with uh, you know just a few seconds left in regulation to force overtime. And it looked like the Blackhawks were gonna gonna win on multiple chances in, in OT, and then Sam Bennett comes back and just scores on a snipe. Um, <clears throat> kind of uh, wrapping up my my rambling here. <laughs> the, uh, the Panthers are just a, they're a fun team to watch. You noted they got Spencer Knight up now. Um, just a lot of young uh, talent on there. And Anthony Duclair is a, is a fun player to watch too. 
Yeah, so, you know, as, as I mentioned to you guys before the show, I am a, a Habs fan as well, and I know a lot of Kings fans may still have some, you know, hard feelings about 93, so I apologize for that. All right, but, Manny, cut him <laughs> off. Cut him off. <laughs> um, I mean, the Habs, they're, they're probably going to make the playoffs. They beat Winnipeg 5-3 tonight. Um, I'm not terribly optimistic about their chances. I think Toronto is probably going to crush them in the first round. Um, so, you know, assuming they don't go far, I, I might be rooting, uh, you know, for another team in Canada, the Edmonton Oilers. I think seeing Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl go on a deep playoff run w- would be a lot of fun. McDavid is going to score 100 points in a 56-game schedule. So that's, wild. That's insane. So wild. But does anybody that's, play defense in the North Division? Really? Come on. Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's always, that's always been Tyler a Tyler DeFoley might score 30 goals in like a 56-game season. I think he goes 26 tonight. It's, yeah. <laughs> wild. Does uh, anybody but the Leafs? I follow enough fans of the Leafs on Twitter that seeing them a first-round buy just so that I can see the demise of Toronto. and. <laughs> them trade all their good young players just to change things up would be fun to watch. <laughs> I just like a root for chaos. <laughs> yeah, that, right? Well, I'll tell you, you know, I think out of that North division, I think Winnipeg would be the team that's built the best for the playoffs. But um, I think it's going to be Brown right if it comes out of there. For my picks, I got two of them, right? So, yes, I'm with you, Russ, and I'm with you, Ryan. I want to see the Cats. I want to see the Panthers. Uh if just you know, not just for our friend uh, Miami Manny, but uh, but I you know I want I want to see them knock off the Lightning in the playoffs. I think that would be a great thing to ignite a Florida playoff rivalry. To not only have the Panthers advance, but to knock off the defending Stanley Cup champions would be awesome. And just because, frankly, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an East Coast. If I have to have an East Coast team, it's going to be the Islanders. I, I've got to go with the Islanders if the Cats don't make it. But, Manny, for you, I want to see the Panthers in the final winning the cup this year. Yeah, let's first try to figure out Carolina, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be a big beast. To, and, and, I mean, once Tampa Bay all of a sudden decides all their players are healthy enough for the salary cap, too, that'll be a tough one as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, that's another one. Meanwhile, Mr. Kucherov is just resting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the quotation <laughs> with my fingers, but. Yeah, he'll be ready. <laughs> hey, guys, I want to throw a real quick question at you. Just answer it as fast as you can. If you had to root for a West Division team in the playoffs, who would you root for? Uh, I would root for probably uh, Colorado, probably just because they're going to end up playing Vegas in the second round, and I can't root for Vegas, so I'll, uh, I'll cheer for Colorado. I totally agree. <laughs> Yeah, we're all shaking our head. Yeah. Yep. Colorado. And frankly, yeah. anybody I mean, but always, Vegas. How's that? Anybody, yeah, anybody but Vegas. I've always been a big McKinnon fan, too. This, he's such yeah. a fun player to watch. And especially when he turns it up in the in the playoffs. I know that bubble McKinnon last year in, uh, up in the, the bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto was just – and he was an outstanding player. And it's just so exciting as opposed to – as I mean, just for any hockey fan, when you, to watch a player like that, who can excel that's that's fun to watch so i hope colorado does well i think that's kind of the pick and to see them beat vegas would be happy uh, for kings fans as well yeah i think yeah. we all love alec martinez but i'm not sure uh, many kings fans are going to be rooting for vegas in the playoffs he's already got two he doesn't need yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah uh, mckinnon was just outstanding against the stars last year unfortunately they couldn't advance to the stanley cup finals and uh i think it was uh is it rattle off that had the, the game seven winner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's just, they were so much fun. And obviously, they're not right. They're not normally part of the, the West Division. So um, they just got a, they got a fun team there. You know, w- one thing just a little off topic, but as you said, you know, they're not normally in the West Division. I was actually thinking today, looking at the West Division next year, you know, assuming LA, you know, we lose Minnesota, St. Louis, Colorado. I mean, the competition in the West Division next year is like Vegas, Edmonton, and who else? <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll probably we could probably get into that in another episode. But yeah, like you mentioned, the competition is just not going to be great. We're, I mean, Calgary is probably going to be. We'll see what's going on there. Vancouver, there's big question marks going on up there, and then you have San Jose and Anaheim, and Arizona. Even there's a lot of question marks in the West. The Kings could definitely snatch up a division and. Uh, um, 
at least we don't have to face Kaprasov anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to add to that real quick. I heard that Arizona might be moving to the Central Division next year as well. So, Oh, that's right. We're getting to Seattle. I totally forgot about that. Arizona. That's, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Um, Darren Drager yeah. had a, a report earliest, earlier um, in the season that uh, the Coyotes might be – he had a quote-unquote their desire for different was how he worded it. Um, so, you know, the Kings could potentially pluck – Dare I say a Jacob Chikrin from them? You know they have the assets. To can't, the The Coyotes need some draft picks. They were uh, penalized for the um, the combine, but uh, and they need some salary cap space too. So, Ryan, I think I just peed a little. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I would love to see Jacob. He's such a good player. Such I, I good don't player. think we need any further comment on it. That's just how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, I think that's a great way to close the show right there. <laughs> Getting peed on. Russ, you win the night. <laughs> I'm all about golden showers. That's oh, God. <laughs> Not golden nights, right? Golden I'm showers. Go yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, they're about to drop the puck at Staples Center anyway for, uh, <laughs> for Quentin Byfield's second game tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. So I think we're going to close it out with that. Uh, thank you for listening to our tied up loose end show here. Uh, <laughs> I hope we can create more loose ends than we try to tie up, but Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Right. <laughs> so guys, thanks for coming aboard tonight. This is a lot of fun as usual. So for Jack Weber, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, and for our producer, Manny, who his Panthers are going to win the Stanley cup this year. I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the hockey royalty podcast. Thank you.